So let's talk for a minute about the youth of today and their activism. We've seen a lot of people take to the streets to fight for social justice, to decry the tragedies, to demand progress, and I support all of that. And we've seen a lot of headlines about how this is the most activist generation in history. Uh, they are willing to protest, to make a placard. They're, they're making their voices heard. And the answer is, I don't think that anybody's really looked at the numbers. You see, even if we took into account all of the people who cumulatively marched over several months, 90% of the population didn't. And that includes the youth, those under 30, so Gen Z and the back half of the millennial generation who might as well be Gen Z. That includes people under the age of 30. So let's focus on what those people under the age of 30 are doing. You see, when we talk about them being the most socially active generation ever, that can be a true statement and probably is, but the numbers behind it are important. You see, in the current election cycle, for example, we'll have skyrocketing astronomical participation from youth under the age of 30, like never before. And yet, that participation will be paltry compared to every other generation. You see, people the over the age of 65, 70% or more of them vote in presidential elections. And people under the age of 30, well, even if we have record turnout, fewer than one third of them will. That means people over the age of 65 are voting as a percentage of their population twice as much as people under the age of 30 this may be the most socially activist generation ever at this point in their youth, but that doesn't mean that everybody's doing it, which is surprising considering the main justification for teenage behavior is that everybody else was doing it, so I thought I'd join along. They're not. They're still living their lives, and they are getting apartments. They're getting married, maybe a bit too early. They're getting jobs. They're living their lives just like normal people who are also in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. And so when we talk about this, the most socially active generation ever, what we're really talking about is a narrow group of people who are mostly more affluent than not, who are mostly more coastal or urban-based than not. And we're not talking about the population as a whole. I think we need to acknowledge that. Because before we go patting ourselves on the back or patting this generation on the back, for everything that they've achieved, we need to be demanding more and seeing how we can support them doing more. You see, when the social justice protests started happening this summer, I was heartened that things might accelerate, that we might see more progress than we've ever seen before. And so I asked my therapist, because I think everyone should have a therapist, I said, so is this a little bit like PTSD, where a single incident can change the course of your life? And her response was, nope. Because <laughs> the thing is, these movements weren't PTSD. They were flashes in the pan. And there are some people whose lives will have changed forever because of them, who will put in the work, who will do the work to be more socially active, to be more socially responsible. Those people will drive our society forward. They will be the culture movers and shakers. They will be the politicians of the future. They will be the changers of the future. But the vast majority of these people will go back to life the way it was because they don't put in the work. Because all change requires work. Carbon requires 
heat and pressure work to become a diamond. So now, three months later, four months later, I've seen some of the most active people on social media not be very active anymore. And I've seen as new killings happen or as new controversies arise, those folks revert back to their normal ways. Maybe we get one post instead of 10 now, but we certainly don't see marches across the country because that's not what we do as a country. That's not what we do as a people. We don't put in the work. If we did, then instead of 30% of the generation under 30 voting, we'd have 70%, just like the people over the age of 65. But it turns out that the difference between being under 30 and being over the age of 65 is those 35 years have taught you that in order to accomplish something, you need to put in the work. In order to make something out of life, you need to put in the work. If you want something from your government, you need to vote. You need to be informed. You need to participate. You see, those 35 years are important. And if we were smart about this, we would applaud the engagement. We would applaud the social justice. We would applaud the progress that we've made and are making for youth under the age of 30. And then we would find ways to encourage more, to do more, to try to get them to approach some semblance of understanding of the work that is necessary to move forward. Understanding that they should be learning from people over the age of 50, over the age of 65, from people who have been there, done that. So instead of saying, K-Boomer, they were saying, okay, Boomer, what can I learn from you? What can I learn from my elders? What can I learn from those who came before me? So that before we go changing the apple cart, maybe we understand what the apple cart is and how it operated. I'm not saying that we don't listen to the generation under 30. They should be active and we should listen to them. I'm saying we demand participation, education, informed perspectives, and some semblance of contribution at a level of every generation above them. Yes, let's applaud the progress and the increase in voter percentages and, and indeed even the temporary participation in social justice movements. But let's demand more and let's ask for the work instead. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The World According to Craig. Life can feel crazy sometimes, but that's just because no one gave us the tools of how to make sense of it. I'm here to help. 